Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, and welcome to the Debrief from the Business of Fashion, where each week we go deep on our most popular BOF professional stories with the correspondents who created them. I'm Lauren Sherman. For the past few years, high fashion's biggest obsession has been merch. Simple t-shirts, sweats, and sneakers emblazoned with well-known logos and marched out onto runways with the same pomp and circumstance as a couture creation. But recently, mega brands like Balenciaga and Off-White have shifted away from streetwear, proposing a more tailored aesthetic. Does this mean the end of merch being treated as high fashion? Today I have with me BOF correspondent Daniel Yaw Miller, who recently explored this topic for the site. Dan, thank you as always for joining me. Thank you for having me back. It's good to be here. To start, can you talk a bit about how streetwear, or more specifically merch, became a part of high fashion, on the runways, etc.? Streetwear emerged out of these powerful cultural movements in for example, the New York hip hop scene and the skate crews of LA back in the 80s and 90s, even the 70s. And you saw rappers like Biggie Smalls, for example, pioneering early streetwear looks like bucket hats and baggy tracksuits. And then through the 2000s, this style was kind of pioneered and commercialized by designers and brands like FUBU or Supreme, Stussy, and then also in Japan by designers like Nigo and Hiroshi Fujiwara in that Tokyo streetwear scene. But this culture kind of remained an outsider's point of view for the next like 15 years. And even at Paris Fashion Week in around 2009, Kanye West and Virgil Abloh were heavily ridiculed online for their streetwear inspired outfits, which they wore in like a very famous photo outside of the Comme des Garçons showroom. But eventually these self-styled outsiders became very central to fashion and made it to the very center of luxury. And I think the crescendo moment was when Louis Vuitton hired Virgil Abloh in 2018 off the back of his success with Off-White, which he founded in 2013. And then over the last few years, things really exploded between luxury and streetwear and really reached a boiling point. And we saw collabs like Dior and Nike's Jordan brand, which involved Travis Scott as a muse. And then numerous other luxury streetwear collabs that we previously would have thought of being unthinkable. And brands like Balmain and Bottega hired specialty sneaker designers. And then, for example, last year, LVMH also acquired 60% of the off-white brand's trademark. So there was so much activity in that space leading up to the last year. And how was that reflected on the runway? Looking back, it feels like it was around 2016 that we really saw this realized on the runway. But what did that mean when we say that there was streetwear in high fashion? I guess when we talk about streetwear and high fashion, and especially on the runway, we saw 
things like sneakers, puffer jackets, and hoodies, baggy clothing that weren't previously seen on the runways of luxury brands at all and really became ubiquitous since around 2015. And we saw brands like Louis Vuitton with graffiti sprayed hold all bags, which again was something that a few years before would have been unthinkable, I think. And also the way that those brands use their logos, it wasn't just about having a monogram on a bag. It was also about having it on a t-shirt or embroidered on a jacket. And suddenly a t-shirt with the word Balenciaga or Givenchy across the front is just a thing that you can buy for $800 at a store, which 20 years ago, those were the things you could only buy in knockoffs in Chinatown in New York or whatever. Right. Like logomania is such a key part of streetwear. And one of the key things, like you say, that luxury brands really took on board and the logos were really used to reflect like belonging to a kind of tribe, a very expensive tribe. But yet that was something completely that the luxury brands ran with on the runway. So the title of your article was, Is Streetwear Still Cool? And it kind of marks a turning point in this movement. What was the impetus for the piece? I think it was a Slack conversation between a bunch of us, if I'm correct. We were speaking about how so many of the older streetwear institutions had kind of lost their heat. And I think that is such an interesting point to look at because so many of the streetwear institutions, for example, a bathing ape or Stussy are 30 and 40 years old, respectively. And they'd really kind of lost their heat in the last few years. And these once hype brands kind of had lost their way. And for example, a bathing ape hasn't been under the ownership or direction of its founder, legendary founder Nigo for the best part of a decade now. So they kind of become commercialized. And I think we've seen Supreme be a complete exception to this and it's going from strength to strength, but larger streetwear brands were more commercial and less connected to the actual street culture where they found their roots. For me, a turning point was the Jerry Seinfeld Kith advertisement, which was just so polarizing online. And and people kind of were like, is this performance art? Is this a joke? Is this not a joke? What is this? It just was very confusing to me personally. Um, And it kind of felt like, okay, this whole scene and Kith falls a bit more into the sort of dad I guess it it was very youth driven, but to me now, especially with that advertisement, it feels like it it fits into the sort of dad streetwear, which you could put Supreme in there maybe because people of all ages wear it, but also Amelie Andor and Noah and these brands that are sort of for older people who are into streetwear. But it just felt like to me this moment of what is going on here. And what did you find in the runways themselves? Like when you track the runways, what's changing about how merch in particular is incorporated onto high fashion collections? When I was looking, as you say, at the runways, especially this season just gone, brands, for example, like Off-White, which is basically synonymous with the whole streetwear category, are pursuing a style a lot closer to traditional luxury than streetwear. We saw far fewer sneakers on runways, especially with off-white. I think there were very few looks that included sneakers, very few that included hoodies at all. And we saw a bigger move in the direction of looks that incorporated tailored suiting, for example, boots, loafers, and more casual clothing or smart casual clothing rather than streetwear staples. And I think that, again, was reflected across Paris and Milan in a big way. And as you mentioned before, 
it's looking more like we're seeing the turning of a new fashion cycle where the novelty of streetwear has worn off and luxury brands are looking for other ways to excite shoppers. And especially in menswear, the silhouette has evolved considerably. Consumers are now focused more on preppier looks or those dad looks, as you say, favoring items like the harder sole shoes, knitwear, tailoring, and champion brands like Amelie Ondor, especially. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I noticed this in early 2020, February 2020 at the shows, the women's shows, there were very few sneakers on the runway. There was a pair at like chunky sneakers at Louis Vuitton. But other than that, you didn't really see it. And I also noticed it in the audiences at the shows in February 2020. And then COVID sort of put a wrench in that cycle and everybody went super, super casual. But obviously coming back and this sort of pandemic rebound has gotten people they want to dress up a little bit more. But there's also this element of it that just because it's not on the runway doesn't mean it's going away. It's not like suddenly you're going to go to Givenchy and you're not going to be able to buy a Givenchy t-shirt. The streetwear is still a part of these luxury brands. What has evolved on the commercial side to keep streetwear in the fold consistently. It's exactly that. The pieces that were introduced to luxury by streetwear, like the sneakers and the hoodies, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. They're just simply now more absorbed into brands' core offerings. These things like puffers, sneakers are are pieces that sell well and provide good entry-level access to these luxury brands as they're frequently on the cheaper end of the assortment. And again, it's a good way of showing for consumers their allegiance to their favorite luxury brand. And luxury is still very much dabbling in these partnerships relating to street dressing, even if it's not streetwear itself anymore. But we've seen collaborations like Dior and Travis Scott, which were just last year. And we've also seen the same with Louis Vuitton and the Nike collab on Air Force Ones, which caused a significant buzz when it dropped earlier this year. And again, Adidas has had collaborations with Prada and Gucci this year, which again, Adidas is not streetwear necessarily, but it's showing that these luxury brands are still very much interested in how people dress on the street, even if they're not using the same tactics as streetwear brands, as they have been doing in the past five, 10 years. I liken it to when Ready to Wear became a tier at all the couture houses in the 60s and 70s. And for a long time, they only sold couture. And then Yves Saint Laurent introduced the concept of Ready to Wear. And so suddenly these brands that were only accessible to a very, very small amount of people became accessible to more people. And there are other ways that these big brands reach customers most often 
through cosmetics and fragrance, but it feels like the consumer wants more than that now. So if they can't afford the accessories, the $8,000 handbag from Chanel, they can maybe afford a pair of, or a $700 t-shirt from Dior. It just brings more access and more entryways in. And if you look at the way people dress day to day, it was really interesting for me because I live in Los Angeles and I was in New York for the shows and Milan for the shows and to see how people dress in different cities. But day to day in Los Angeles, where a lot of people wear head to toe designer, they are not wearing anything but T-shirt and jeans or embroidered baseball shirt. It is completely streetwear, but it's just the way people dress day to day. They wear leggings. They wear sneakers. This is not going out of style, even if they want to get more tailored occasionally and have some more tailored fashion pieces. So to me, it feels very much like this is just part of the business now. And the aesthetic of it may change, but the business isn't going away. I completely agree. Streetwear is very much part of the regular everyday dressing, as you quite rightly put it. And people can style it up with more tailored pieces, for example, and streetwear may not necessarily be what luxury brands are pushing anymore, but it's still very much a part of how consumers consume and how luxury brands manage their assortments. And it's just the case more that these brands are pushing newer styles, different styles that are away from the heavy streetwear aesthetic that we've we've seen recently. And there is also a new crop of merch-driven brands that are coming up, right? This isn't a dead category in terms of interest from young, new, fresh talent? Not at all. There's so many of these younger brands that are really exciting. They're finding success in the kind of OG streetwear model that were all born out of these super niche, hyper-engaged communities in really local areas who'd buy up anything that the brand is selling, whether it's like logo heavy merch, like bags or hats or stickers. And then these brands go on to produce apparel on a bigger scale and and their identity and aesthetic becomes more appealing to broader audiences. And that's only helped by the connectivity given by social media. I covered brands like Daily Paper, which is a 10-year-old streetwear label, which actually began as a style and culture blog with a big following just in Amsterdam. And there's also a London-based brand called Cortez, and that's really exploded over the last two years. And they've got a really super charismatic founder who has a massive following worldwide. And I also covered a Ghanaian collective-run streetwear brand called Free the Youth. And that is really coming into mainstream streetwear at the moment. It did pop-ups this year at Paris Fashion Week in October. And there's also bagged big collaborations with Off-White and Virgil Abloh, as well as Nike's Jordan brand on clothing and as well as community projects in Ghana. So there's so many interesting, small direct-to-consumer brands that are going global at the moment and finding success in that old streetwear model, which shows the category is still very much alive and, in my opinion, still cool. As these brands rise up, where do you see the market moving in terms of trends, in terms of what's available to consumers? I think the logo heavy merch aspect will always have a place in the market. Brands like Daily Paper, for example, have grown because of how identifiable they are. If you look on the streets of London or the streets of Paris, it's very common to see people wearing their clothing and their logo heavy clothing as a sign of allegiance to not only the brand's clothing, but the values that the brand and its founders stand for. So I see that aesthetic really driving streetwear forward. And again, if you look at the kind of top of the sector with Supreme, that aesthetic is very much still driving sales and that brand is still doing very well. VF Corp said that expects Supreme to 
generate $600 million in revenue this year, which is up from $500 million when it was acquired by VF Corp at the end of 2020. So this aesthetic is still very much driving the category, and I really expect to see it continue in the long term. Why do you think Supreme has managed to stay cool? It kind of goes through cycles, I think, with people who have been wearing it for a really long time where it's almost gotten to the point where it was so hyped that it's quote unquote okay to wear it again if you're an original supreme consumer. Why do you think it's managed to not get totally burned and become deeply uncool on every level? Because usually that happens to really hyped brands at some point. I was wondering this when I was doing my reporting and I really looked deep into this and spoke to quite a few people and, and streetwear lovers about this. And and what I learned was that Supreme is one of a kind in terms of the streetwear brands of that size, just because the effort it puts in and, and the work it does to remain culturally relevant to the younger streetwear consumers as well. And whether that's involving friends of the brand or collaborators or models in their campaigns, who are all very young, extremely relevant people in various different communities who consume streetwear. So for example, Supreme is very tapped into the new London creative scene, working with young artists like Slawn, for example, who's a young Nigerian artist who's based in London and has a huge following from anywhere down from 13-year-olds to people 30 years and plus. And I think Supreme is tapping into, again, the essence of streetwear by being relevant, not necessarily for its clothing, but for its cultural links in various different communities, whether that's art, skateboarding, music, fashion, and people buy the clothing because of their allegiance to these different groups rather than necessarily the clothing itself. Great stuff, Dan. Love the story and appreciate you coming on The Debrief to discuss it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me back. So nice to chat. Likewise. Don't forget to check out Dan's article. It's called, Is Streetwear Still Cool? And you can find that at businessoffashion.com. We link to this piece and other pieces in the show notes below as well. You've been listening to The Debrief, produced and edited by Emma Clark, Kate Barton, Eric Bria, and Georgie Rutherford in the BOF studio. I'm Lauren Sherman, and I'll be back next Wednesday with a new episode. Thanks so much for joining us, and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. You can join BOF Professional today with an exclusive 25% discount on an annual membership covering key industry topics from sustainability to technology to marketing with access to our case studies, live events, and iOS app. To get this special offer and benefit from 25% off of a membership, head to the link in the episode show notes or enter the coupon code DEBRIEF at checkout. Visit businessoffashion.com memberships. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 